So today I just want to share with you a couple of thoughts uh, from the Word of God. Um, by the way, next week, as you know, is going to be our anniversary Thanksgiving service. Uh, that is for ICGC uh, worldwide. Uh, we will be 37 years on Friday and then Sunday will be the Thanksgiving service. So uh, keep that in mind as well. All right. So. COVID hit all of us. Uh, for the last more than 12 or about 12 months, our world has been uh, profoundly impacted and altered by this situation that none of us anticipated. We never thought it could ever happen, that the world could be paralyzed in the way it was, especially last year, about March and April, May thereabouts, when it seemed like everything just came to a halt in our world. Uh, this season has been trying for many people, uh, churches included, for a lot of businesses. Uh, people are producing below capacity. Some have lost their jobs and their source of livelihood. Some invested so much and realized that uh, the industry they invested in has been shut down. Uh, so it's, it's been quite a difficult time if you... Uh, if you operate in the hospitality industry, if you are uh, in the education uh, and so many other industries, you just find that this is quite a difficult season. So the question we want to ask ourselves is, can we be fruitful in a time such as this? Because as you know, our theme for the year is fruitfulness. So what a, what a time to choose the theme fruitfulness. I mean, uh, when things are quite chaotic, it's not the time you expect to be fruitful, but that's what the Lord has put on our heart, that we must be fruitful. So can God make us fruitful in the midst of this chaos, in the midst of all that is happening? Can we experience the fruitfulness of the Lord? And, and uh, all of us are praying that this virus would, would be dealt with uh, one way or the other. But can we be fruitful whilst it is still present? And so today I want to share a biblical perspective with you on how we can live our lives and be fruitful in the midst of adversity. So my message is titled, Fruitful in Adversity. Fruitful in Adversity. Not after the adversity, but whilst we are in adversity, God is able to make us fruitful, and I pray that the Lord will make you fruitful in every area of your life, even in this very trying moment of our human history. And so I'm going to show you two ways of looking at life, because the way you see life is the way you're going to live it. 
If, if you see life in one way, that is the way you're going to live it. If you see it in another way, that's the way you're going to live it. So our perspective, our view of life is very important. And I'm going to uh, share a very familiar story with you in the Bible and use that as a basis to help us position ourselves to be fruitful in the midst of adversity. And so, my opening text is from the book of Genesis And it's in chapter 41, verses 49 to 52. Genesis 41, 49 to 52. And let's hear the reading of God's word. And it reads, Joseph gathered very much grain as the sand of the sea until he stopped counting for it was immeasurable. And to Joseph were born two sons before the years of famine came, whom Asenath, the daughter of Potipharah, the priest of On, bore to him. Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh. For God has made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. And the name of the second he called Ephraim. For God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. All of us are familiar with the story of Joseph. He started life quite well. He was a beloved son. Father made a coat of many colors for him. And he was a man or a boy with great Gifting, gifted spiritually, gifted naturally. And he saw visions and dreams. Not only that, he was very industrious. Even in his youth, he could be trusted with so much. As happens normally, when you are so gifted, so well liked, you attract trouble. So Joseph attracted trouble. And he was hated by his brothers. Eventually, the hatred got to a crescendo, to a very high level, where they conspired to murder him. Whatever would get into the heart of brothers to murder their brother, probably because they came from different mothers and didn't have strong feeling for one another. But whatever it is, this is their father's son. But they wanted to murder him because he was a dreamer. Just kill him because he dreams too much. He thinks too much of himself. Well, eventually they relented and decided, okay, if we are going to kill him for nothing, why don't we sell him for something? So they sold him into slavery. And after they sold him, as far as they were concerned, that's the end of the life of Joseph from their point of view. When to tell their father, Joseph is dead. Joseph goes into slavery, goes to work for Somebody in the land of Egypt, he's sold into Egypt, goes to work there. And in the house where he works in, uh, for a man called Potiphar, he's extraordinarily good. And then trouble strikes again. It looks like any time he excels, trouble strikes. His boss's wife blackmailed him, later falsely accused him. And then 
he gets imprisoned. In prison, he tries to excel, but he helps people and then he's forgotten. So, if you look at the life of Joseph, you would say this is adversity. Not coronavirus adversity, this is, but this is adversity of its own kind. I mean, this guy is moving from trouble to trouble to trouble to trouble. Now, every time things seem to be working, then something throws it away. So, his life is affliction and adversity. But it comes to an end. Because he's remembered in prison, you know the story, he interprets Pharaoh's dream, and then uh, he's promoted and he becomes a big man. And then they give him a wife. So the passage we read is talking about Joseph's life, not when he was in adversity, but after he had come out of adversity. So he marries and he gives birth to two boys. And in the naming of the two boys, Joseph does something very interesting. He, the names he gives to them is his way of understanding how his life has come out, how his life has been lived out. So when he's naming his children, those days, you know, when, when you name names of children, they had uh, a lot more meaning uh, this, this time. Uh, people would watch TV and, and, and probably get a name and put it on their child. A few people do it well, but, you know, some people just slap any name, any sound on their child. But in, in this time of, of Joseph, names were very, very important because they tell your story. Your name or the names of your children tell your story. If you read other biblical characters, uh, Isaac is called laughter because when he was promised... Sarah laughed. So that's telling the story of Sarah that she laughed when uh, she was told that the boy, uh, she was going to have a child. So uh, Joseph is using his children's names to tell his story. I want you to follow me closely because this is very important. So I read it again. It says, verse 50. So to Joseph were born two sons. Before the years of famine came, whom Asenath, the daughter of Potiphera, the priest of On, bore to him. Joseph named the name of the firstborn Manasseh, for God has made me forget all my toil and my father's house. And the name of the second he called Ephraim, for God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. Manasseh is the firstborn. That's the name he gives to the firstborn. Joseph has a firstborn and he calls him Manasseh. The name Manasseh means cause to forget. Cause to forget. So Joseph is saying, my firstborn, I name you cause to forget. Forget. Why is he called forget? Because Joseph gives the meaning for he says, for God has made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. In other words, God has taken away all my troubles. He's made me forget all the things that happened in my father's house. My brothers who hated me and the affliction and being sold into slavery. And then God has made me forget all my toil, all my struggle. So why does he name him Manasseh? Because God has made me forget. 
all my toil. He has set me free from all my toil. He has delivered me from all my toil. So you are Manasseh because God has delivered me from all my trouble. That's the first name. Second child, Joseph names him Ephraim. Ephraim. Ephraim means to bear fruit or be fruitful. So that is our man, our boy, Ephraim. ICGC 2021, Ephraim. Ephraim, fruitful. Why did he call him Ephraim? Joseph's reason is, for God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. In other words, in the place where I'm supposed not to prosper, I have prospered. God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. Fruitfulness at the time of affliction. So remember, Joseph is telling his story with the names of these children. Because you have to ask yourself, why didn't he call the firstborn Ephraim? Because really, if he had to name, he had to name the firstborn Ephraim. Because the firstborn came in a good time. When things were fruitful. Because if you read the earlier verse, it says, uh, verse 49, Joseph gathered very much grain. As the sand of the sea until he stopped counting for it was immeasurable. So if he was going by the state he was in, he should call the boy, the first one, Ephraim. Because he's in a state of abundance, of fruitfulness. However, he doesn't call him Ephraim. He calls him the firstborn Manasseh. God has made me forget what I have been through. And then the second one, God has made me fruitful. So there is a sequence. There is a logic. So Joseph is saying, this is how my life played out. This is how God has blessed me. First, God made me forget all my toil and all my suffering. He delivered me from all my affliction. Then he made me fruitful. That's his story. God delivered me from my trouble and then he made me fruitful. So Joseph's logic therefore is that those who experience fruitfulness in life must first be delivered from their toil and pain. Those who experience fruitfulness in life must first be delivered from their toil and pain. The correlation of that logic is that if you are not delivered from your toil and pain, you cannot be fruitful. It's a point of view. And that's how Joseph understood his life. That until God delivered me, I couldn't be fruitful. It's an important point of view. Question. Is that the way God wants us to see our lives? Does God want to deliver us from our pain and toil before we can be fruitful? If we went by that logic, then we can say, until coronavirus is out, we cannot be fruitful. 
Because the pain and toil must be out of the way before fruitfulness comes. That's how Joseph told his story. But something very interesting happened in Genesis chapter 48. Something very interesting happened. Joseph presents his boys, Ephraim and Manasseh, or Manasseh and Ephraim, to his father, Jacob, to bless them. And Jacob is blessing the boys. The Joseph, because he understood the power of a blessing, positioned Manasseh to the right hand of his father, his father, Jacob. So, because the right hand carried the greater anointing. So, Manasseh is on the right hand. Ephraim on the left hand. Because that is how he has arranged the sequence. Manasseh before Ephraim. Deliverance from your pain and toil before fruitfulness. Then Jacob did something unexpected. When the boys had been positioned, he's blind at this time. He's blind. He can't see the faces of the boys. But he understands what his son is presenting to him. That God has to bless you first by delivering you from your toil. Forgetting all your pain. Then you will be fruitful. Jacob crossed his hands. And he put his right hand on Ephraim. And the left hand on Manasseh. Both of them are going to be blessed. But the sequence is changed. It's not going to be Manasseh first before Ephraim. He changed the sequence. And this is how. I love the scriptures. I don't know about you. But the scriptures are so powerful. Genesis chapter 48. Genesis chapter 48. This is what. How Jacob explained what was happening. Genesis 48 from verse 19. So at this time, Joseph is trying to correct his father and say, hey, Dad, you know, it's wrong. Dad, it's wrong. You, you, you're blessing them wrongly. You, you, your hand has to change. And then his dad says in verse 19, Genesis 48. But his father refused and said, I know, my son, I know. So he said, Son, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. He shall also become a people. He shall also be great. But his, truly his younger brother shall be greater than he. And his descendants shall become a multitude of nations. Verse 20. This is what I'm, I want to focus on. So he blessed them that day. Saying, by you, Israel will bless by you, you are who? You, these two boys. Your name rep represent the blessing of Israel. By you, Israel shall bless, saying, May the Lord make you as Ephraim and as Manasseh. Thus he set Ephraim before Manasseh. Let me on unpack this a little bit because he's not just changing the blessing of greatness 
that he had done in verse 19. He is not just changing to say one will be older than the other. That's not what he's saying. In verse 19, he says both are going to be great. The younger one will be greater. That's verse 19. Verse 20, he's doing something very different. He blessed them saying, by you, by you these two boys, Israel will bless. This is how Israel's blessing will occur. This is how Israel will experience blessing. And when Israel is blessing, they are not going to say, may the Lord make you as Manasseh and Ephraim. But when Israel is blessing, Israel is going to say, may the Lord make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. So what Jacob is saying, the blessing of God's covenant people, the blessing of Israel does not come by God taking away their problems before they are fruitful. The blessing upon God's people is that whilst they are in affliction, God will make them fruitful. And when they become fruitful, they will be delivered from their affliction. So what God is saying is, even in the midst of your trouble, he will bless you. As a matter of fact, it is as a result of the blessing of fruitfulness that he will deliver you from all the things you want deliverance from. So you don't wait for God to solve all your problems, deliver you from all your afflictions, deliver you from all the hatred before your life becomes fruitful. God says, my blessing starts with Ephraim, fruitful. In the midst of your affliction, before you forget the affliction, Manasseh. Fruitful in the midst of your affliction, before you forget your affliction. Let me bring it home. So, our current affliction is coronavirus. God says, you don't wait for the virus to go before you are fruitful. I will make you fruitful in the midst of all the chaos and the pandemic and the disorder and people running helter-skelter not knowing what to do. In the midst of all of that, I will make you fruitful. And when I make you fruitful, you will look back and you will forget everything you have been through. Because fruitfulness makes you forget your pain. It's like a mother. I'm not a mother. It's obvious. But it's like a mother who has to have a baby. She goes through toil and affliction. I've been through it, at least with my wife, seen it. It's not easy. Toil, pain, screaming crying. This is one season, one area where being born again doesn't really make much difference. You still have the pain. Can you imagine a mother saying, oh, I don't want any labor. I don't want any labor. I want God to deliver me from my labor before I have my fruitfulness, my child. That doesn't happen that way. You have the child in the midst of your pain. And after you have had your pain and the child is born, you look back at the pain and it's like nothing. Because right now, what you hold in your hand is no pain, it is fruit. 
And that's how God says, I bless my children. I will make them fruitful even when everything seems chaotic. I will make them fruitful even when the world seems to be topsy-turvy. I will make them fruitful even when they are crying. In your tears, God will make you fruitful. In your cry, God will make you fruitful. At the time when, you know, nothing seems to be working for everybody, God will make you fruitful. Because the blessing upon us is what was declared by Jacob. So he blessed them that day saying, by you, Israel will bless. This is how Israel's blessing will be stated. Saying, may God make you as Ephraim and as Manasseh. And thus he set Ephraim before Manasseh. Joseph set Manasseh before Ephraim. His father changed that sequence and set Ephraim before Manasseh. This is our year of Ephraim. This year is our Ephraim year. Is the world going to have all its solutions? I don't know. But according to the scriptures, this is how God will bless you. This is how God will bless me. This is how God will bless Holy Ghost Temple. This is how God will bless his people who trust in him. That in the midst of affliction, the Lord will make them fruitful. And really, if you look at Joseph's life, God did not deliver him from affliction before he made him fruitful. God made him fruitful in Potiphar's house. He was still a slave. He was still a slave. But he was fruitful. He, he wasn't freed from slavery before he was fruitful. The Bible says that he managed the house of Potiphar so well that God blessed the house of Potiphar because of him. Was he still a slave? Yes. Was he fruitful? Yes. Had he been delivered? No. Was he prospering? Yes. Then he went to prison. And he managed the prison so well that he was made the, the head of the prison. And in prison, he was interpreting dreams. Was he out of prison? No. Was he fruitful? Yes. There are people who are going to say, I will wait till I come out of this prison. Then you will see what I will do. But in the church, in the house of God, we will say, I am in this prison. Watch what God will do with me. I am still crying. Watch what God will do with me. I am still in difficulty. See what the Lord will do with me. In the house of Potiphar, he had not been delivered from his toil, but he was fruitful. In the prison house, he had not been delivered from his toil, but he was still fruitful. He stood before Pharaoh, still as a prisoner, and he interpreted dreams. He wasn't freed 
before he interpreted Pharaoh's dream and offered solution for Egypt's economic crisis. All of the things that happened to him, they happened when he was still in bondage. It was actually the gift that made a way for him. It was his fruitfulness in the midst of adversity that delivered him from his toil. So much so that when his brothers came back to see him and they got to know it was Joseph, they were scared. They were so scared. But he said, hey, what are you scared about? You meant it for evil. God meant it for good. Anybody who can get to that place where there is no bitterness or anger in their lives, where the pain of their past doesn't make them angry again, have truly become fruitful. Because their life is blossoming. And when your life is blossoming, you don't go and settle old quarrels. You just thank God for where he has brought you. May the Lord make you as Ephraim and Manasseh. May he make you fruitful and may he deliver you. So this year, whether there is virus or no virus, we will be fruitful. Everything may tumble around you, but you will be fruitful because you are Ephraim. You prosper in the midst of affliction. And that will, that will be our story for 2021. That is the prophecy of scripture. That is the perspective by which we live our lives. That is the vision and the philosophy of our lives. That no affliction can stop us from being fruitful. No hardship can stop us from being fruitful. No toil can stop us from being fruitful. So on this your 25th anniversary as a church, Holy Ghost Temple, may the Lord make you as Ephraim and Manasseh. For every individual in the church who is going through difficulty and you are wondering, would I ever come out? And maybe you said, if God will only take this burden from me, life will be good. Life will be good, even when the burden is there. Life will be fruitful, even when your toil has not been removed. And I speak the blessing of God upon you. According to the scripture, may God make you as Ephraim and Manasseh. May the Lord prosper you. May the Lord increase you. May the Lord cause you to be fruitful. In the midst of all your toil, may you be blessed like Ephraim. May the Lord cause you to forget your affliction after your fruitfulness. May the Lord take every pain out of your heart. After you have become fruitful, you will be like Joseph. It was meant for evil. But the Lord used it for good. This COVID was meant for evil. But God will use it for your good. The blessing of Ephraim rest upon you. In Jesus name. Amen. And amen. We have come.
with the 